wipe off the fallow ground and that they be willing to lay their lives down on the altar because it is the best thing. Your rewards are so much better than the things that we are attached to in this life that we think are good when they are not. Are, are, you asked us to be living sacrifices. We are the royal priesthood. We tend to the fires of our heart and we are responsible for putting our hearts on the altar because the measure by which you will yield your heart, listen to me, the measure by which you will yield your heart is the measure by which you will be consumed by the Holy Spirit. Do you not want him to flow powerfully through you to where everything you touch has life in it, that the people would encounter him through you. Father, I pray that would be our heart cry, that you would be encountered through us, and that we would have a heart posture that remains in your presence, loving you, adoring you, worshiping you, and honoring you, not just with our lips, but with our hearts. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the people that have come. I pray that their hearts be prepared to receive the word today. In Jesus' name I pray. Right now I'd like to call up the ushers. If we have any first-time visitors here, welcome. We have these cards behind the seats. If you could kindly fill this out for us. And when the ushers come by, just put it in the bag. Thank you. Amen. What a powerful word. Amen. I should just let you, since, you know, you're trying to touch on the subject that I'm preaching on, I should just let her go with it, right? Just to let you know, that uh, that is Steve's better half. Much better half. Um, Katrina and... And Steve and Sam have been coming here now for over a year, and and um, has written. She's written a few books, and she has just finished a manual to teach in inner healing. And uh, if you would like to be a part of that class, on September the 12th is when we're going to kick off a few small groups. We've had a few who've already uh, stated that they want to uh, teach a small group. If you'd like to. To lead a small group, please let us know. But uh, Katrina is one of those, and, and the subject is inner healing, and it's going to be a powerful, a powerful uh, course. Uh, I've already had the privilege of reading the majority of it, and have really enjoyed it. So, looking forward to that. Just to let you know, um, we have officially ordered our playground equipment. Amen. We, we uh, did some wrangling and had to twist some arms with the company, and finally we got to the price that we felt was, was where we wanted to be at. And uh, so, we, Lord willing, uh, it, that will take a season. It, uh, as you know, everything's backed up, but we have ordered it, and Lord willing, uh, it should be shipped out in a few months. And then the fun part begins. Any of you guys who um, are good at jigsaw puzzles, um, we're going to need all your help to help us put it together. <laughs> but uh, anyways, fun, fun, fun times. Amen. Um, thank you for your giving. You know, I was just thinking about what our church does, not only in world missions, but just locally. 
You know, and just, just over the last year, if you include what we do with MANA and various ministries, I mean, our church has given over $60,000 just in the last year. Isn't that amazing? Amen. And I just appreciate because of what, you know, your giving allows us to do further ministry, not just in here, but outside these walls. And I appreciate all that you've done and all of your faithfulness. Thank you for being sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Um, we've got a, a... Kim, grab me that T-shirt right there. I'm sorry, guys, for y'all standing here, and I know you look good, so it's all right. But um, I mentioned this last week, and you're going to see more flyers about this, but by Tree Change of Life, we are going to be partnering with, um, with by Tree Change of Life, and they've, they've given over over $1,100,000 in the last, like, um, eight years, six years to eight years. And 50% of the funds that is raised by selling Christmas trees stays in our local church for local ministry for outreach. And then 50% goes to world missions. And, and it's exciting because 100% of the money that is raised goes out. Isn't that amazing? It's not like some ministries where 45% goes to ministry. Isn't that amazing? That's awesome. That's right. And I'm, I'm excited to, to partner with them to be a part of this process. I'm going to throw this back at you. Thank you. Um, to be a part of this uh, team. We're joining in with many churches across, uh, across the states and uh, being a part of this process. And we're just, we're just excited to, to be a part of that. Good to have Kim with us from Illinois. If you're from the south of Illinois, right? <laughs> Good to have you here with us. We're thankful. Good to have Scott with us. Thank you for being here. If, if, I, if I didn't get around to meet you before, good to have the Adkins family with us. And uh, we're super excited to have you here. Uh, we love the Lord. Amen. And our heart and passion is just to follow his lead, to, to be obedient to his plan, because we want to know that God is in charge. Amen. And we just thank you for all that you do. And, and if you haven't found a place to connect or if you're looking for a place to get involved and to, to serve, we, just to let you know, we need you. And we're looking forward to seeing you get connected. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that you are so compassionate, that you're so caring. Lord, that you desire, Lord, to open up the heavens. You desire for us to, to see your glory. And I pray, God, that today as we worship you, as we draw near to you, Lord, that, that our hearts will be in tune. As, as Katrina said, Lord, let us understand that we live out of the abiding presence of God, not in the visitation, but, God, out of the abiding and Lord, I pray that today, if we have not been attached, <laughs> Lord, I pray that today we'll be grafted in to the vine. Lord, that we will have the DNA of the Lord flowing through us and that you will be honored and glorified in this house, God. Bless every gift, every giver. Let you, let you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand with us as we continue our worship and giving in and song. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your presence in this place today. Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 For in your presence there is freedom. Yes, Jesus. In your presence there is deliverance. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Come on, sing out. So lift your eyes to heaven, there is freedom, oh yes, lift your eyes to heaven, there is Yeah. 
Let's do that again. Let's do that first verse again. I speak. I just want to speak. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Oh, yes, because I know there is peace within your presence. I speak Jesus. I just want to speak. And I just want to speak the name of Jesus. Till every dark addiction starts to break. Declaring that there is hope and there is freedom. I seek Jesus. Your name is power. Your name is healing. Your name is life.
speak Jesus on the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus! Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus. Come on, you better shout! Oh, shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Oh, Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name of Jesus.
I know there is peace there is peace within your presence I speak Jesus come sing that again sing it out oh I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind yes because I know there is peace Within your presence, oh my Jesus, I speak the holy name of Jesus. Come on, y'all. Sing it again. I just want to speak the name of tough week because we look at the news and we see soldiers being murdered we see devastation all around us this morning Ida a hurricane hit 
Louisiana. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 24. An end day, end times prophecy. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be kingdoms that rise against kingdoms, nations against nations. Be famine. When I think of famine and pestilence, I think of the coronavirus and how it's hit and devastated, not just the United States, but all around the world. Guys, we're living in the last days. If Jesus looked at them and said, look, how can you look at the stars and tell the times and seasons and not see this happening right here? Man, if there's ever a time to speak the name of Jesus, it has to be now. We can no longer be silent. You know, I, I sat in a meeting one time and, and I was a nobody, but I had been appointed as an overseer. And I sat in this meeting and the Central American overseer was standing there with me and there were some things that transpired in the meeting that I didn't agree with. And, and, and at the end, I went to him and said, I don't agree with that. He said, your silence says I agree. And then it, it woke me up because it realized that how many times do I sit by and let things that I don't agree with just keep on rolling and never stand up and say anything? How often do we as the body of Christ recognize there are injustices, there's things going on around us and we let it go on. We let brothers and sisters fall into sin and we never say anything because we don't want to judge somebody. Come on. I mean, God's called us to be brothers and sisters in Christ to rescue our brothers, to love them enough to say when, when we see them struggling, when we see them in the fire, even in Judah says to snatch them out, despising even the, the stench that's, that's on them, right? But we're too busy about the stench that we're letting them drown in the problems that they have. And God's called us not to sit back and be silent. It's time to speak the name of Jesus. It's time to rise up and be the men and women of God to step forth boldly in the power of the Holy Ghost because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit resides in us. If we're walking in the Spirit, then we're empowered by Him. His voice is speaking through us. It is time to be the voice of God in a world that's in desperation. They're needing a voice of the Lord today. And we've been given the message of the kingdom of God that can save lives, that can heal, that can transform. Let's speak the name. Let's speak the name. I want to sing this again. And, and I don't know what, what's going on in your home. I don't know what your circumstances are in your workplace. I don't know what in your neighborhood, what it looks like. Let's begin to declare the name of Jesus over the darkness that we face. Amen. there we did change the batteries let's speak the name declare that name with me okay Jesus 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 I just want to speak the name of Jesus 
over every heart and every mind because i know there is peace within your presence i speak jesus i just want to speak the name Ooh, i just want to speak the name of jesus till every addiction till every dark addiction starts to break hallelujah yes declaring there is hope and there is freedom i speak jesus let's do that again that verse two. oh i just want to speak the name of jesus till every dark addiction starts to break declaring there is hope and there is freedom i speak jesus oh cause your name your name is
Because your name, because your name is power, your name is healing, your name is life. Break every stronghold, shine through the shadows, burn like a fire. Because your name, your name is Father, we just worship you. We thank you. We thank you, God. That, Lord, your name is quick and powerful. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. Your word is truth. Your word is life. Your word is hope. And I pray that today, God, as we declare your name over these situations, God, that you would intervene, that you would be, make whole, that you'd bring healing through. Lord, I pray for all these families who've lost loved ones in Afghanistan. Parents of soldiers, but, but even all these Afghanistan families who have literally lost their life out of desperation because they were looking for hope. And Lord, I'm thankful that, that so far the United States is still considered a symbol of hope. But I pray, God, that you'll touch these families. Lord, that you'll give peace into their sorrow, that you'll give strength into their brokenness. God, I thank you, Lord, that, that you love us, that you died for us, that you care for us. And I pray that for our nation, I pray for our president, I pray for politicians, God. Lord, only you are our Savior. Only you, oh God, are our King. And we submit ourselves to you. We surrender to your will and to your way. We ask God for you to intervene, for you to touch all of those who are broken, all of those who are struggling, all those who are hurting, all those who are in desperation. God, even in Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama right now, those this past week in Waverly, Tennessee, there's so much, so much brokenness. All those in California with fires devastating thousands upon thousands of acres, many people losing their homes. God, I pray, Lord, that you would intervene. I pray that we will be a people of God that proclaims the name of our Lord, that it's not just a proclamation from our mouth, but it is a, it is a, a purpose in our heart that we live out the name of Jesus. That we live it out as being submissive to your will and your plan. God, that we engage a world in brokenness with the only thing that can bring repair. And that is the precious Lamb of God. That is you, my Savior, my Lord. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. 
In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. God is good, isn't he? Woo! Mm. Shout it from the mountaintops. Say it in the streets, right? Declare it in the darkness. Then the Word of God tells us. Testing. The Word of God tells us. Mr. Billy, Come on. You know, many people look at that verse, and that is not what I'm planning on preaching. Who knows? Um, but many people look at that from a posture of defense. Because when you think of something not prevailing, you think of the onslaught and the attack of the enemy and how the enemy is raging and and from a posture of defense we say that the gates of hell shall not prevail but I believe that when we understand that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but made mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds come on somebody that we need to look at that scripture not from a defensive stance but from a offensive stance because we are the victorious children of God and when we are on in one mind and one accord with him fighting the battle, we understand that the enemy's gates cannot withstand the attack that the Lord's army brings and they will not prevail. They will be shuttered. They will be torn down. They will be ripped apart and we will take claim over the enemy's territory. Come on, somebody. The word of God says that, that he will soon crush Satan under our feet. Amen. We live from the stance that we are victorious, not that we are defeated, not that we are under attack, not that we feel like we're being overwhelmed, but we rise up and stand in faith knowing that we are the children of the Almighty God, knowing that no matter what happens in this world, as one says, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain, I know that I know that I know that no matter what happens on this side of glory, I'm still victorious in Christ Jesus if I'm submitted to his plan, if I'm willing to surrender to his will, if I'm willing to be obedient to who he is and what he says. Amen. Amen. Woo. Come on, somebody. God is awesome. Don't, don't these young people look great over here? Look at all these guys. So, so excited to see all these guys sitting together and, and worshiping together and to the testimonies. I mean, uh, there's a few who... In, in the last Bible study I went to, began declaring what God has spoken to them and, and hearing how that the Lord is calling some of them into ministry, how the Lord is, is calling them into a, a, a position or a, a place in the kingdom of God to serve. And, and that, just, that just ignites a fire in me. That just excites me to see young people saying, I know God has a plan for my life and I want to follow God's plan. Isn't that awesome? Thank you, young people, for being obedient. Thank you. Amen. 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 I, I know that last 
Um, let me just say this, okay, because just to clear everybody's minds, you know, uh, COVID has been hitting a lot across our area. How many understand that? But not just in our area. It's, it's in Alabama. Brother, you know of several pastors down there who their churches are struggling. They've struggled. I've got friends in South Carolina. It's, it, COVID is everywhere. Amen. I'm just thankful that it's not here right now. Amen. And, and though we, we got hit pretty hard a, three or four weeks ago, uh, I'm so thankful to see that wave has, has dispersed. And uh, the on, I only know of one person that is an active uh, participant in our church that has COVID, and they haven't been here in two weeks because they were already in quarantine uh, because their nephew, it's Ken, so remember Ken, uh, his nephew came home from driving a truck and had COVID. So he automatically, since he lives in the same home, has quarantined and then found out that he had gotten it from his nephews. So as far as I know of, no one in our church now who has been actively attending has COVID. Thank you, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. But that doesn't mean that we don't want to be vigilant. We still want to make sure that we are um, doing all that we can to prevent a, another wave of COVID. So I appreciate, you know, if, if you choose to wear a mask, wear a mask. You know, uh, the, the big things for me is make sure you wash your hands. You know, somebody says, what do you do? The first thing I do after church is I go wash the fellowship off. <laughs> and it's not because I don't love you. But before I pick my nose or touch my eyes or put my finger in my mouth, I go straight to the bathroom and I wash my hands because, you know, that's just, that's just common sense, right? And, you know, that didn't start when I started pastoring. It started actually when I was in Honduras because I would go into so many communities and villages and know that there would be various diseases or viruses. And, and so I made it a point not to touch eyes, nose, or mouth before I washed my hands after leaving every community that I went to. And so those are just common sense things that we, that we learn. But I just tell you, just be vigilant. You know, just be caring. If you feel like you have a, a sickness or something, just make sure that, um, take that serious, all right? And um, anyway, so... Because, you know, who knows what the coronavirus is going to be like a year from now, two years from now. I mean, you know, we had a, in 1918, there was a big influenza virus, right? It killed hundreds of thousands of people. And, uh, you know, the, the sad fact is, is that we still have flu these days. And pre-COVID, flu killed about 80,000 people a year. And so, you know, I don't know that we'll get rid of COVID. I believe it, that the more people get it, the weaker the strand, you know, and therefore we may come, become accustomed to having, just like we have flu, we may become accustomed to having COVID virus. And so in everything we do, use precaution. Use care. Don't judge others for what they do. Love them. We're called to love each other, Right? And, and value them and their decisions because um, you do you as far as your health goes, right? You, if you feel sick, you go to the doctor sometimes. <laughs> but but that's, your, that's your choice, right? And so just make sure that you're doing everything you can to take care of you and others. Is that okay? You love me? Well, I love you. Amen. You know, last Sunday night, we had our first Sunday night service and we will be doing a Sunday night service 
uh, once a month on the fourth Sunday of every month. We had a great time. What a wonderful uh, presence of the Lord. What a wonderful uh, time singing and, and, and just, it was a great time. And I just encourage you, if you, uh, if you uh, are able to make it, come out and enjoy that time together. Uh, I, I, I preached a message out of Luke chapter 17 and in the scripture that specifically it says, increase our faith. The disciples were there and uh, Jesus had just told them that it is impossible for offenses not to come. In other words, you're going to be offended. We don't like that, do we? Guess what? You're going to be offended. Offenses, it's impossible for them not to come. And he goes on and, and, and tells them, he says, he says, look, if your brother offends you and he at, comes to you and asks for forgiveness, seven times forgive him. And in that, in that understanding, the disciples looked at Jesus and says, Lord, increase our faith, right? Because in the context of that scripture, the idea is, is that so many people only do what they're obligated to do. So many people only do the minimal that they have to do to have a relationship with God. Amen? And, and, and anything more than that seems preposterous. Why, God? Why would you expect me to do that? That's basically what these disciples are saying. Lord, wait a minute. You're asking us to do more than the law even has asked us to do. Wait a minute. If that's the case, then you're going to have to increase our faith. But, you know, we often operate in the minimal expecting God to operate in the maximum. We want God to show up in all of his glory and all of his pomp and all of his circumstances and all of his might when we have the slightest issue or problem and yet we still are operating on minimum. Sammy, you, you, um, Sammy's a motorcycle rider, dude. This guy's got like trophy uh, uh, motorcycles in his garage. I mean, his, his wife has almost put him on a limitation. Right? But yet, he came out and we were riding, and, and um, he was telling me about the fuel he puts in his motorcycle. Is it jet fuel? Airplane fuel? I mean, this guy's, he puts it to it. I mean, you might as well put uh, nitro on it, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Missy, forgive me my ideas. I mean, most of us, we put the cheapest gas we can find because it's so expensive anyway, right? Amen. <laughs> my father-in-law gave us a, a truck about six years ago, seven years ago. And he told me, he says, hey, now look, I put high-octane gas in this thing. I'm like, well, good for it. <laughs> It had a clean engine. <laughs> but we often want our stuff, our lives to run in high function 
but we often put the minimal care into who we are. Our physical being, our emotional health, our spiritual health. We're just doing the, let's just get by. Let's just, let's just say the, the, the sinner's prayer, and that's all we got to do. If I can just like sneak in. Do we forget who Jesus is? Do we understand that he is the king of glory, the king of kings? That when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, the word Lord means something, right? That he becomes the king of our life. Jesus Christ is not his last name. It is his physician. It is king. It is anointed one. It is Messiah. And when we accept Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we become submissive to his lordship and his kingship. And though we don't understand what that means in our democracy, because it's all about our rights. It's my way. It's what I want, right? And if I don't like this church, I'll go to the next church. Because it's all about what I want. It's all about how it makes me feel. It's all about, you know... Does it meet what I believe? Really, it doesn't matter what you believe. What matters is, is his word. What matters is, is does it line up with the King of kings and Lord of lords? Does, does it align with what the word of God says? And I'm not talking about manipulating things to adjust it to make it speak something that's not there. You've got to take it from front to back, from Genesis to Revelation, and does it line up with what God has been speaking? Because if it doesn't line up with what God says, then guess what? It don't matter how much you think it's okay, it's still wrong. We've got to live under the authority of our Lord and Jesus Christ, right? Amen. The fact is, is that we don't need an increase of faith until we actually come against an obstacle where we need faith, right? And if we're too busy running from the obstacles that are out there, whether it be the neighbor who needs Jesus or the coworker who needs Jesus or the family member who needs Jesus or the addict who seems to drive you crazy needs Jesus, no matter what that looks like to you, you have been called to be a light in the midst of darkness. You have been called to speak the name of Jesus in that scenario. And it is then that we need the faith of God to rise up in us so that we can be the empowered people of God. Amen. Amen. I mean, look, it's kind of the idea that, you know, everybody has talk about submission. You know, everybody's fine with submitting until... They don't agree. Right? Well, I just don't agree with that. Well, I'm sure there's things that were done by the Lord Jesus that we struggle with, but we still have to submit to Him. Amen. So last Sunday night, that was the message in a nutshell. You happy? Good. Last Sunday morning, I preached on revival. And, and because I believe that we have diluted what it means to walk 
as a submitted servant of the king, in our mindset of democracy, we don't understand that. That's why I believe we need a revival to resuscitate our relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? We need to get into the word of God and learn and grow and, and submit to who he is and his plan for our lives. We need that. Amen? We also need to recognize that we need to be recommitted to holiness. The Bible says without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. And we need to be recommitted to holiness. We also need to, to understand or re-remember what it means to fear the Lord. We live in a world where uh, the reason, okay, think about this. Children today, I have, I've had Sunday school teachers that basically quit because children today just don't mind. That's what I've been told. Children today, they just don't mind. I remember sitting beside my mama in church. And if I made the slightest problem, Bonnie, I'd, I'd get this pinch. It felt like my skin was coming off my body. Them fingernails grab a hold of my leg and twist. Wow. I knew to obey my parents, I knew, me and, me and a friend of mine would sit on the front row. And, and, and I sat up here because I could get away with stuff up here, I thought. Because my mama couldn't see, she couldn't look back and see my face. The problem is, is that my friend would sit beside me and he, he seemed to cut up. He had an allergy problem. So anytime he would laugh, he would blow bubbles. <laughs> and that did not help me. He'd get, to, he'd get to jiggling. He was a little heavier set. He'd get to jiggling, and he'd, he would snot, and it would... <laughs> and I couldn't help it, dude. I'm on the floor, man. I'm, I'm like shaking. My, my shoulders are shaking. I'm laughing. I couldn't help it. And, and, and then my dad grabbed me by the ear. I'm on the front row, people. Front row. If I was in the back row, it would have been a problem. I'm on the front row. He grabs me by the ear. I'm dangling, you know. And he walks me down the aisle in front of everybody. You better believe that I obeyed. After that, it was rough. But the more we pat and pansy our, our children and allow them to disobey and disrespect, the next generation gets worse and worse and worse. I mean, look, I'm not talking about abusive I mean, some, 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 look, I, my dad's 84 years old, and he disciplined. And, and sometimes, in today's world, we call it abusive. I remember, oh dear Lord, I remember 
one day, I said, I'm going to call the law on you. <laughs> Jesus, did I feel that for days, days. It was rough. I never threatened that again. But we wonder why people don't have the fear of the Lord anymore. Because they don't even have a healthy fear of parents. Teachers are quitting by the thousands because children are so hard to teach today because they have no respect for authority. I mean, think of the, the police today. As a sheriff's chaplain, man, I, I pray for our officers all the time because, man, what they go through. And I'm talking about these guys work for pennies. They barely make anything. And yet, they're there wanting to help, wanting, and, and yet, people don't respect them. Wow. We need to remember a healthy, a healthy fear of the Lord. And we need to get back to a place where we're dedicated to the work of God. I said last week that there's churches all, all around struggling to find laborers in the kingdom. Everybody wants to quit. Everybody's too busy. Everybody's too, I got so many things I got to do, I, I can't do that. Man, if there's ever a moment where we need people of God to step up into the kingdom of God, it is right now. Amen? It's now. People need, people need someone to disciple them, right? And I know I, I, I got just a few minutes to get to the, the message that I really want to preach, but 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the of Jesus our Lord, seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. Think about that. He's given us everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by, the, for by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world by lust. Wow. Man. God's given us the ability to live a godly life. So many people are like, Man, I struggle living a godly life, but God's given us everything we need. Can you say everything with me? Everything. Everything we need to live a godly life, he has given to us. So what's the struggle? I think Katrina said the biggest part is if you are only visiting him here and now, then you are only receiving the nuggets and not the whole. Look, I don't know about you, but I don't like chicken nuggets. Them store-bought frozen things that 
throw in the oven and they, you know, mystery meat, you wonder what they are? Dude, give me the whole fried chicken, right? I want, I want to go and get a half, I want to get a half chicken rotisserie, right? I know it's lunchtime, so I'm just wetting your whistle. Some of y'all don't get Food Line and Kroger right after here to go get your rotisserie chicken, right? I want the whole thing. I mean, and, and so many people live their spiritual life even eating chicken nuggets. They're happy with it. And God's got so much more for us, so much more for us to, to receive from him. And God wants us to, to live a life of godliness, Right? He wants us. Think about that. God wants you to live a life that is pleasing to him. He wants you to live a life that is connected to him. He wants to live, you to live a life that is in relationship with him. Think about that. Isn't that awesome? I mean, and so when you think about this, that, that God wants us to live in such a way he's given us the might to live a godly life. He wants us to be like him. I mean, if you think about it, from the very beginning, he created us in his likeness and in his image, right? And so there's a declaration that tells us in 1 Peter 1 and 6, be holy for I am holy. Walk it. Don't just talk it. Live it. Don't just say it. Jesus said this. He says, be holy. Perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Wait a minute, God. You just overstepped your boundaries. We've been taught all along that we're not perfect. We've been taught all along that we can't be perfect. I'm sure it's quiet up in here. And Jesus says, Be therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. What's he saying? Look, I, I might not be perfect, but I'm striving on the journey to perfection. Because, as the old song says, he's still working on me, right? To make me what I ought to be. He's working on us. The problem is, is that so many of us have gotten to a place where we're satisfied. And we don't want God to do anything else to us. Right? You ever been by a mechanic's house? They got more junk cars in their yard than, than at, the, at the shop, right? Because we get so re religious and righteous when we start working on everybody else's stuff and we forget about ours. And we just shove our stuff up in the closet and say, well, we'll get to that later. Right? But we've got to work on our stuff. Amen. We've got to deal with us. We've got to understand we're on a journey and God wants to present us to himself as perfect. And yet we have too often plateaued and satisfied and unhungry and undesiring any longer of any more of God because it might cause us to do something we don't want to do. It might cause us to give up something that we enjoy too much. Come on. Amen. John wrote this. He said, he that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. That means there's some things that we know. Look at your neighbor and say, you know. There's some things that we know that we do or we allow to happen in our life that we know is not good for us. 
We know it's not healthy for our emotional being. It's not healthy for our spiritual being. It's not healthy for our physical being. And yet we continue to let it happen. We continue to do it. And he says, hey, look, if you know this hope, then purify yourself just as he is pure. In other words, there's some actions that we have to take. Too, too busy, we're waiting on God. God, just come and take. If the Lord wants me not to do that, then he'll just make me not do it. What? I love this one. God just made me this way. Uh, sorry. The fall of man made you that way. <laughs> God never gave us the right to walk around belittling and badgering and tearing down people, right? Even Jesus said, Jesus said this in John 3, in 17, he says, I, the Son of Man did not come into the world to condemn the world, but the world through me might be saved. We're too busy condemning the world all around us. And what are we doing to see the world saved? What light are we willing to shine? Hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Come on, right? We've got to let it shine. All y'all who work with children just love me, don't you? Hey, next week, I'm wearing overalls and I'm dressing up because it's Family Sunday and I got a message to preach and the children are going to be here so y'all have, y'all get ready for that, right? It's going to be good. John also declared this. He says, as he, Jesus, is, so are we in this world. I've got three more pages but I want to I want to do a baptismal service. Is that all right? I'll tell you about it in a minute. We good? Is he here? He didn't make it? Well, then we won't then. Are we living out the life of Jesus today? That's the question. I mean, if we have been given, granted these wonderful, powerful, exceeding rich and precious, precious and magnificent promises, and, and it says so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. If we have the divine nature, we, we are partaking of that divine nature, are we living that kind of life out to the world? Are we, look, Jesus said this way, he says, and greater things shall you do because I go to my Father. Now, some people look at that as qualitative or quantitative. I, I, I don't believe that we do anything greater than Jesus did, okay? But because all of us have the divine nature within us, because we have accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we become the hands and feet of Jesus to the world. Every one of you are a missionary for the kingdom of God. Every one of you are ambassadors for Him. How do we display that in our daily life? How does people know that we are the children of God? How do people see that live, lived out through us? Now look, I get it. Religion 
can bring you to the ideal, right? Religion tells you, this is what it looks like. This is the utopia that God has made for us. And we walk around frustrated because we're like, oh, how am I going to get that? We walk around thinking, how will these virtues be displayed in my life? How can I get that? I mean, we're driving down the road and we want to be kind when the guy cuts us off. Especially those New Jersey people, right? We want to be kind. And yet, and yet, when they cut us off, we, our face turns red. We say some things under our breath that then we have to repent of later. We want to be kind. We want to be patient. We want to be long-suffering. We, we want to be forgiving. We want to have these virtues, and we see them as the ideal, but yet we struggle because so many times religious religion takes us to a certain point and then drops us off. And they're like, well, well, how do we get that? How do we attain to that? Well, it, it's very understanding that the Lord wants us to have these, these wonderful gifts. He wants us to have this. I mean, when we recognize that, that we are created in him, his likeness, we're created uh, for his purpose. I mean, a lot of times... They want, the world wants us to think that we're just, uh, you know, the evolutionary animal kingdom, right? We've, we went from the goo to the zoo to you, <laughs> right? And the reality is, is that, you know, look, God created us special. Somebody says, real special. <laughs> We've been created special. I mean, of none of the creatures, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, the, the beasts of the fields, of none of them did, did the Lord say, and let us make them in our likeness and in our image. No, he didn't say that. In none of them did he pick them up and breathe the breath of life in them. Amen? I mean, we see that God is the superior trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But when you look at mankind, we are the inferior uh, uh, trinity because there's soul, spirit, and body. And if the spirit, if man's spirit is leading him, we are walking in the oneness of God. But yet, in the fall of mankind, we lost that spiritual in, uh, intuition. We lost that. And we, uh, we have devolved... Uh, we have found ourselves devolving into the animal kingdom. Look at the world around us. Do what you want to do. Live like you want to live. Lawlessness. We see that the world is walking around like, like a bunch of animals. Because, it's, because in animal life, it's about making sure that their body needs are taken care of. And we look at the, the body needs of the world, and man, they're just crazy. Amen. And so we recognize that, that without the Spirit of the Lord indwelling us, we don't have the ability to live the life of divine participation because we don't have God walking in us, living through us, uh, empowering us. Amen. And God made a way. He told Nicodemus that you got to be born again. Nicodemus was like, wait a minute, you mean I've got to go back in the womb? How does that work? Right? He said, no, you got to be born of water and spirit. 
And so we've got to be born of the Spirit of God. And look, if we walk out of, how many know that there's free choice, right? Free will. Somebody said, well, I mean, when you look at that, I mean, if, if angels that God created can choose whether to worship him or not, then guess what? We as children of God can choose whether to walk in him or not. I mean, it's hard for some people to understand that. Well, if I get saved, I'm saved forever. No, you have to choose to live for Jesus every single day. Because if the angels of heaven can be deceived and a third of them be cast out and yet they were in God's presence, how much more do we have to, wor- have to think we need to continue to work out our salvation with fear and trembling? We need to continue living for him daily. It's not a momentary, just a little prayer we say at the altar and go back and live the way we want to live. It is a life that is completely sold out to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we say, yes, Lord, every single day of our life. We've got to get into the Word of God. We've got to get into the meat of His Word. We need to allow the Word of God to speak to us. It is the cleansing power of the Word that allows us to live as partakers of the divine. The cleansing power of the Word. Jesus said this in John 15 and 3. He says, now you are clean through the Word which I have spoken to you. Think about that. Jesus said, well, what is the Word? Jesus said uh, in John 1, 1, the Bible says, uh, and the Word, see In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, right? And so Jesus is the Word because just on down from that it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, right? And so when we realize that Jesus is the Word, we need the Word of God. We need Jesus to cleanse us every single day. We need the Lord every single day. John 17, 17 says, sanctify them by thy truth. Your word is truth. Psalms 119 verse 9 says, how shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to thy word. You want to be a divine partaker? Partaker of the divine? Then you got to get this out. The the slogan for our youth ministry is, read and pray and do it every day. If every single one of us would read and pray and do it every day, if we would make it the priority of our life, then would there be transformation in our young people. Then would there be transformation in our schools, our communities. Our lives would be changed. Because we'd be living out what God wants us to live. Amen? Look, I don't know about you, but... I mean, to think that this word is a seed planted in us. Jesus talked about the, the somebody get up here to the piano so I can close, please. Thank you. So I don't mean to be rude. I love y'all. <laughs> Jesus talked about the parable of the, the, the sower and the seed. And, and, and he talked about the fact that the, the various grounds, the seed was the same, but there's various grounds, right? And some fall on dry ground, some fall and the birds pick it up, some fall and the weeds grow, right? And then, and then there's that who's planted in fertile ground. The fact is, is the seed is the word. Jesus later tells them the seed is the word. And think about this, you know, when you look at seed, seed ha- is, is DNA, right? 
Every cell has DNA. And so it's, it's coated with the DNA of God. Think about that. Happy birthday, Andy. It's coated with the DNA of God. And so we've been implanted seed with the code of reproduction for the kingdom of God. Isn't that amazing? I mean, look. If you think about Jurassic Park, I'm throwing this out to Joey, right? Joey loves Jurassic Park. He loves his dinosaurs. They took DNA, right, from a mosquito. Now, understand, I know that it's not real, okay? And they mixed it with frog DNA. And that what it said? Y'all, some of y'all watched that movie. Some of y'all are too holy to watch movies. I'm sorry. I, I watched it. Forgive me, all right? All three of them. <laughs> and it produced problems. Because they begin to genetically do things that they were not meant and created to do. Look, you, you've been implanted with the seed of God. You can't mix it with anything else because you, you don't replicate what you've been meant to replicate. You begin to, in Spanish it's called mezclar, mezclar right? To mix. We can say other words, compromise. And we have to be careful that we don't allow the DNA of God that God has put into us to be corrupted. Because the seed of God in us, as we preached last Sunday, God wants to birth something in us. God wants to birth revival in us. And we need to make sure that the seed that God has planted in us is in fertile ground. God wants you to be a vibrant organism in the kingdom of God. He wants you to be the man and woman of God that he's called you to be. He's given us everything we need to live a godly life. His word and his spirit. The word of God tells us that the spirit of truth will teach us, teach us, Look, if we're not willing to yield to the Spirit of God, how can we allow Him to teach us? If we're too busy grasping a hold of the past and saying, but I love it! You're going to have a hard time going forward in God. We have to realize that, that they overcame the enemy in Revelation chapter 12. They overcame the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, right? And we understand that the Lamb of God is the Word of God. And the Word that's planted in us cleanses us. But we also have to recognize that it is the Spirit of God because if we become the temple of God, Jesus said, I have need to go to the Father, but I send the Comforter, the Parakleos, the one who comes alongside us, to indwell us of the same substance. It's not different substance, it's the same substance. It's God indwelling us. <laughs> so when I say, you know, religion only takes you so far because 
religion tells you the ideal but doesn't give you the empowerment to fulfill the ideal, you've been empowered to fulfill the ideal. Paul said it this way in Galatians chapter 2 and 20. He says, I am crucified with Christ, yet I live. Not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who died for my sins. Come on, somebody. Crucified. That's hard for us to grasp. I know this. It's kind of like when Jesus said to his disciples, if you want to be with me, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood. And everybody, well, we're gone. Peace out, dude. We'll see you later. Huh? I know it sounds difficult. I know it sounds hard. And guess what? It is. The people who have sold the bill that says that living for Jesus is easy have lost their ever-loving mind. The fact is, is they're not living for Jesus. I mean, they've got their hair slicked back, living in a mansion and flying planes to one service to the next. But those of us who are putting our pants on every day fighting the devil, we know what that's about. We know that we need the Word of God. If Jesus, when he was taken to the wilderness, used the Word of God to defeat the enemy, how much more do you think we need the Word of God? Thus saith the Lord. We need it. We don't need to be afraid of the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. We don't need to be afraid of allowing our lives to be full of the Holy Spirit. I know sometimes Pentecostals make being baptized in the Holy Spirit a very scary thing, right? Man, you don't know what the Holy Spirit's going to do to you, right? It's kind of like um, Monsters, Inc., right? It picked me up and it shook me like a dog. Come on, people. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is to empower you to be a witness. The word witness, now this is scary, okay? I get this. The word witness is literally the word martyr. It's where we get our word martyr from. What Jesus is saying is that in Revelation chapter 12, we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb by the word of our testimony, being a witness for God. And we did not love our lives so much as to shrink back from death. In other words, in the face of death, we remained vigilant for the kingdom of God. Guys, look, it, don't, it doesn't look good politically in our world it doesn't look good with all of the things that are going on in our society we're in a cultural crisis in the United States today it's nobody's fault but I mean mine 
hours? Because we've been called to do something. Matthew chapter 28, it says, go and make disciples. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey, teaching them to what? Man, teaching them to obey. And lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the world. I'd ask you some hard questions. I'd ask you, if you are the representative of Jesus, how, are you, how is that going for you? Another question is, is who are you presently discipling? Who are you presently engaged with to disciple them, to mentor them? I don't mean that to be judgmental. I mean that to be challenging. Because we can't blame the craziness of the world on the world if we're not doing our part for the kingdom. It's time to step up. Sammy, stand up, dude. I'm, I'm loving this. This guy right here, even in his pink, he wears pink proud. Come on, somebody. Sammy called me this week. He said, Pastor... He said, can we baptize somebody this week? I said, absolutely. He said, this young man in my work, he said, today just kneeled down in the dirty floor and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He says he wants to be baptized as soon as he can. Dude, if we have to fill up the pool every single week till he gets here, we're going to do it. Amen. If not, I'll meet you during the week and we'll go down to the creek and we'll baptize him down there. <laughs> Amen? Every one of us has a co-worker that needs Jesus. Every one of us has somebody that we know of that, we, that just popped in our mind, man, that, that person needs Jesus. What are we going to do about it? How can we impact their lives? How can we begin the relationship with them that they respect us enough and know us that our heart is pure that they can receive Jesus. It's a challenge, folks. I know that I ain't spitting and shouting and jumping across the pews tonight, today. But I believe this word is what we need. Amen. Father, I pray, God, that our heart is pliable. Lord, that you would shape us and mold us. That we have been marred clay. Though we were created in Christ Jesus, though we were created by you, we have live in a fallen world that we have been marred by. But Lord, just as clay in the potter's hand, I pray, God, that you will make us pliable. And Lord, that we will allow you to create in us, as David cried out, create in us a clean heart and renew a right spirit within us. God, I pray for a renewal in our hearts. I pray 
for our, our eyes to be attentive to what is the plan and will of God. I pray, God, that, that we will begin to purify and purge our lives. Just as you are pure, let us purify ourselves. Lord, help us to allow you to do the work that the Word of God can surgically, as a two-edged sword, quick and powerful. That your Word will begin to purge our hearts and cleanse our minds and empower us to walk as partakers of the divine. God, renew a right spirit in us. Use us for your glory. Make us the people of God that you called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys. Good to see some of you back in. Glad you're well. Glad things are going good. If I can serve you in any way, please let me know. I do want to be available for you. And I'm thankful for an awesome care team, right? Appreciate our care team who is just amazing sending cards and letters out. And they do a phenomenal job. Amen. Will and Lauren, stand up. This couple here have come to us. Uh, they have a similar last name to some other folks in our church, Bill and Debbie. Um, they have asked for a list of shut-ins from our church, widows, widowers. And they have a heart and a passion to reach out to the shut-ins and the widows and widowers and and I'm thankful that God has brought them along and that they are taking up that mantle and going to be touching lives of folks that aren't able to be here like they want to be. Thank you guys so much. Amen. And if you recognize that someone's missing, they're AWOL, I know that we're in COVID times and I know some of you guys are home but maybe you're just missing someone that just hasn't been here. And, and, and sometimes, even myself, have used the excuse that, well, I know what they're doing. I know where they're at. They're just, they're, they're being safe. I get that. And I've, I've made that excuse. But would you join me and stop making that excuse? And if you're missing somebody, would you give them a call? Would you identify today maybe three people that you know normally is sitting around you and would you call them would you make them aware that hey I missed you today is that alright alright I need to close I just love y'all hanging out y'all guys sorry amen father I pray that as we leave this place today God, that we will leave to be the blessing that you've called us to be. Lord, we have not been blessed. We have not been overwhelmingly encouraged and blessed by your word, your life, your truths. 
Lord, that we can uh, hold those in like a cistern and just let them sit there. But God, we've been poured into to be poured out. And Lord, I pray that, that the more we pour out, the more fresh we get poured in. I pray that wherever we go, that when we are pouring out on others the love and the peace and the patience and the kindness, and, and Lord, that we, as we're pouring that out in others, God, Lord, I pray that we will once again see that being poured back into us, the refreshing of your spirit. Lord, thank you for all that you do, for all that you're doing. Heal all those who are sick. Touch Brother Jim Blodgett. Bring wholeness and healing in Sandy. Bring healing to them. Touch Ken. And God, just allow him to overcome quickly the COVID that he's going through. Family members that may be uh, in this room of someone with COVID, I pray in the name of Jesus that you rebuke COVID off their life right now. Touch them and bring healing in their lives. I pray for Marvin's sister who who has been diagnosed with cancer. In the name of Jesus, we rebuke cancer. We ask healing in her body. Touch Marcia right now, Lord. Let her life be touched by you, Jesus. Others in this room, God, I pray your hand be on them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Love you guys. Remember, we actually have service on Wednesday night. We have various classes that you can go to, and we'd love you to come and be a part of that. Um, Come enjoy, and Lord willing, we will see you next Sunday, and it will be be different. It's family Sunday. We have the kids in here, but come and enjoy. I feel like the Lord's given me a message that will relate to our kids and to all of us. Let's have a good time. God bless you guys.